What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 241 of the Left Coast Leafs podcast. I'm Sean Orr, joined with my good buddy Trevor Bast. Have we turned the page into November Leafs now? I was I was thinking that, and it lines up with, with your attendance at the game, which... This might I, have I mean, to be a, an annual occurrence. One of us will need to be in the rink in November. I think so. I think we. I should just start looking at it right now for next year. <clears throat> and uh, But you know what? Like... I don't know because there's so many moving parts on this roster right now. Like they're, it's not, it's not dialed in. And well, it is so dialed many variables in if, if they still. sit certain guys. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's the whole thing that we'll get into um, in, in this, in this conversation, because this last like week to 10 days of results have been just all over the board. Um, lots of changes from just like injuries and scratches and, guys injured but scratched to say yep. feelings like all kinds of weird <laughs> stuff but in the meantime uh i did have a beer for this podcast i, I actually uh had the beer on friday during nice. the uh, calgary game and um uh once again uh you won't feel left out <laughs> it is from one of our favorite breweries actually the bridge brewing company in north vancouver who has that really uh the really great selection of uh, of like uh, lower lower calorie beers Yep. Um, that are just really well done. But this is the pie is the limit blueberry <laughs> sour. Sounds delicious. <laughs> and uh, move over, Grandma. There's a new baker in town, and our pie's the limit. This fresh baked recipe is full of flavor that pairs perfectly with its tart nature. Only thing left to do is pucker up buttercup. And you know what? I'm. I'm gonna give it. Uh, I enjoyed it. It wasn't. It, it wasn't puckery. Actually, it wasn't too sour. And I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna like toss out a random rating. And I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna give it a, a Max Domi shootout winning goal. Ooh, snipe! Yeah, a good snipe. Good snipe. And a beer. You know, what? a beer that I would circle back on if I was in a sour mood. So there you go. Which is normal at this time of year regarding the Leafs this time in the yeah, spring. Quite, yeah, quite, so quite sour. So where, I got, you know, I got a, do you have a beer or do you got any alcohol to talk? Because I have a beer, I have a quick beer story that, that you're going to laugh at. Get into it. Okay. So well, regular listeners of the show will, will know that like, you are a fat tug guy. Hundred Brewery's fat tug, your favorite beer. I've seen you go deep many times. <laughs> I had, I went to a, a junior football game on Saturday at Starlight Stadium, yep. Saskatoon Hilltops versus Victoria Rebels. I had four fat tugs and I was fucking obliterated. Yeah. Sean, like <laughs> I, you, you haven't seen me this drunk. No, I was really? I was not belligerent, but I was feeling drunk. Like I was like, oh. I, and I went to the bowling alley next door after the game. I had one Hoyne Pilsner. I was like, I was overserved. How do you drink that beer? So like, wow. Like Quiet taste. That that like of all the strong beers out there, and there's lots of them. There's something about the fat tug that like just fucks with your brain chemistry. Like there's it's, there's something in there like nefarious, like Tim Hortons coffee. It's high quality. <laughs> it's high quality. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> Very diplomatic. But anyway, a good time was had. Fat tugs were consumed, and um, I I'm a believer. <laughs> <laughs> so and you were at the game on Saturday. That might have been the best game of the year. Similar to last year when we saw them, when you and I saw them play uh, mm. Boston, the two-one game. Yes. This was uh, an absolutely entertaining game to watch. Mm-hmm. 
I, like, I, want me just to, to go go through the whole the game, or yeah, just get into it. Yeah, like what what uh, what 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 was your what was your fantasy? What, what was your day? Like, what was your pregame? What did you do? Uh, how were your your seats looked really good? Yeah, like we were up in the uh, the upper bowl, uh, so definitely a, a, a different vantage point when you're sitting up that high. It makes the game look easier. You and I have talked about this before, mm-hmm. like sometimes sitting in the press box in uh, Vancouver. Yeah. And it really, you can see plays develop a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Like you can see kind of like two steps ahead mm-hmm. versus when you're close to the ice, just how fast it is. Yeah. And the thing that, that stuck out to me was that outside of like the, the fights and just kind of like that whole atmosphere, that was their most complete game of the year mm-hmm. where you were watching them play and they were dangerous. Yeah. They did give up to a, uh, power play goals uh again but both of issues with the both of them were off the instigator uh calls mm-hmm. absolutely zero issue no. with getting scored on there right and yeah i it, it wasn't it, i think it's a lot less deflating when you give up a goal on, on that type of penalty versus like a, a ticky tack like mm-hmm. hooking or or tripping call um and it, it's one where this was this was the team I think that we were expecting to see this year. Uh, I thought obviously the fourth line had a f- fantastic game, and you could really see David Kampf is. You can't have Ryan Reeves on his team, right? Like, on his line, mm-hmm. like he just he doesn't fit into this this team of mm-hmm. what they what they need on the fourth line of what Kampf can bring. And I thought I thought bringing good he was engaged uh into the scrums uh obviously i think he picked up at least one assist camp scored a great shot from gregor with with his goal Mm -hmm. and it's just it's obviously evident that ryan reeves does not fit on this team Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it was a head kind of a head scratcher when they signed the contract we we talked about it just of all the intangibles that he brings but He's just—he—he's not an NHL caliber player at this point in his career, and I mm-hmm. like Tree Living has to see that. And right. He's got to move on from it. You know what? Mm-hmm. Bury it. Like you can basically bury the entire contract. Yeah. Move. Move on. Do you? So, I mean, uh, there were uh, obviously the the fan base was pretty split on on that to begin with. Yep. Where like you, like the the Jonases of the world, um. Or like no, like just statistically, like everything points to that being a, a wasted roster spot. But Tree Living came in, identified a team that he watched from afar that needed something like that. Okay, yep. Like so, some something like that. Maybe not that exactly in the end. So, like, do you do you do you feel like it was what do you feel like it was a really misguided signing, or do you think like it was worth the risk? to to figure it out and now the more most important part is how he admits to his own mistake and pivots from it i think it's worth the risk in terms of the jolt that it gave mm-hmm. coming into the summer mm-hmm. coming into the year um and just with the contract that he did sign it it is what it is mm-hmm. like it's the caps going up we have some moving parts brody's contracts up willie's obviously we've talked about that um and it's just it's one where 
at the time it was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And now the right thing to do is say my Coppola and Coppola and, and move on. Like that's, that's, I think with, with Dubas, he, he was good with that. We've seen that before with like the Nick Ritchie contract moving on from that quite quickly. Yeah. Um, and, and understanding that, uh, wasn't the right fit. Right. And like, I, I think this team doesn't need a fighter. Like it doesn't need someone that goes out and plays six no, to eight minutes that, a that's game. Not, that's not part of the game. And that, that's not anything that you and I have ever been sort of asking for as, a, as the missing ingredient. It's more of a culture that, we, I, that we've been asking for, right? And so I think it was the last pod or the one previous with the whole Marchand thing. And, mm. and I said they took three, like three notches down in my view. Yeah. Well, after watching over the past week, they're now they took two notches in the right direction yeah. on uh on Saturday yeah. especially mm-hmm. with Gio and Domi right. and that was sticking up for your teamie like when you have a 40-year-old guy mm-hmm. oldest guy in the league willing yeah. to do that and go after a 6 foot 3 like monster yeah that that reverberates through the lineup here yeah. and like having a guy like Giro Dano with the contract he he's on, he's just it's invaluable for what he brings to this team. Mm-hmm. And Lilligren's going to be out for a few months here. And the same thing we saw last year when Riley went down, Gio stepped up, and yeah. he's going to step up here till we get Lilligren back. Probably not until the new year. But then you got to dial him back. You got to you got to yeah. get him rested for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And we, yeah. we touched on it before we jumped in the pod here. They have a brutal schedule coming through January. Yeah, that's nuts. You you, you got to manage him properly. Yeah. Well, and, and that that and, I think for, for sorry for 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 me like that means even if everybody's healthy, if, even if like everybody comes back healthy, Lilligren, um, Timmons, etc. Like that still means. They gotta. They have. They still have to acquire somebody. In my in my view, like well, we saw that on Friday night. Yeah, this is even, even with a full complement of D that they entered the season with, this isn't a Stanley Cup caliber defense. So, and only only that will because they'll always end up not like leaning back onto the veteran Geo in tough yeah. situations, right? And that will eventually cost you in round one, like two, three, or four of the playoffs. The one thing that interesting tidbit from your uh, your favorite podcast out there on the Thirty Two Thoughts this morning <laughs> was that it, it came out that someone on the Leafs said to uh, Zordev or Zordev on on Friday night, "You are exactly the type of player that we need." And I've I've kind of seen this trade like this this uh, trade example being floated out there of Klingberg, Bobby McCann, and a third round pick for Zordev, mm-hmm. which. Yeah, might be steep because Bobby McCann's that type of player that could like he they could really build like he could be something. Yeah. Like we saw yeah. it on Saturday. But if yeah. if you can go out and you can make a trade like that right now to bring in that type of defenseman who would right. probably slot into your fourth fifth role. Right. Uh, probably more top, fringe top four guy and who is heavy, big, can put the puck in the net with his shot. And is mean to play against. Mm-hmm. I, you just you can see that's tree living is going to make a move there. Well, my 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 thing with with like sort of like trade rumors that come from the Leaf and like what if we did this for that, <clears throat> like like Mr. Potato Head, Elliot yeah. Friedman there. Um, 
like I I hear that and I go, why would Calgary? You know, yeah, that that would be that would benefit us, and I think you have to give to get. Um, well, the thing at but, them but is, like, why would Calgary make that trade, especially taking on Klingberg? Like, even though it's only a one-year deal, like Klingberg's like value has plummeted in like thirteen games. Well, I think you Calgary have to give would... away a first rounder to get anyone to take him back to that bullshit. Well, I think looking at it though is is Zordev is he's a UFA coming up. That's Calgary true. is fringe rebuild mode here. Mm. With, you think they think how... that? Do you think well, they still have a chance to climb back into it? Well, that the Western Conference is going to be tough, especially with what Edmonton's done so far. Because mm-hmm. if Edmonton can go on a roll, like that's going to cause more havoc when it comes from the wild card perspective. Mm-hmm. And there's teams that have banked points early here where we've seen within the NHL that it's hard to come back. You need to tear off like a like a, a nine and one stretch to make right. any type of meaningful move up the standings because of the, the loser point mm-hmm. that's yeah, given out. That's true. And it, it for for me, like Cal- Calgary's in a tough spot because you look at like yeah. a guy like year one of a ten point five million dollar contract for John Huberto mm-hmm. and like he's not good. He is not no. the player that they thought that they were getting, which is shocking because I feel like three or four years in a row in Florida where he was unreal. So it's not like it was one year where he was lights out. This is a, a troubling like that, like like potentially like worst contract in the league territory mm-hmm. with, 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 with what's transpiring there. And so, yeah, I do see Calgary looking at, at on wanting to move on from that. And that, that trade scenario I brought up there, you get a, a, a team controlled player in the can add some some interesting grit in your bottom six and maybe could play up in the lineup for a weaker team yeah and then you get a third you get a third round pick and i think obviously you throw Klingberg in because it's uh it's the uh make the money work yeah and Klingberg could easily find his game too like Mm. if he's been battling something and you can flip him for something at the deadline yeah and so it's 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 going to be a fascinating thing play out but to go to go back to to the whole the weekend it's that was a big four points for this team it was vancouver was one of the it has been one of the best teams to start the year and toronto thumped them i wanted to ask you i was going to go back to that too i want to go back to that game i want to ask you a question so last saturday night i watched the canucks they've had some very impressive results but i watched their game for the first time and i and i like i was so impressed with just their their team speed their buy-in their effort their defensive positioning, their accountability to their coach, basically, right? Like Rick Talk is yep. a hard ass. And he's not going to take any shit from anybody, and he will take his best player's ice time away if, if he yep. feels he's not doing the job. Like Sheldon Keefe absolutely 100% won't ever do that, no matter how many turnovers Mitch Marner has in the offensive zone with back passes and dippity-do and dippity-dees. <laughs> um, he won't do it. He won't do it. So my question was like, so I, I all week I've been thinking – the way the Leafs were sort of in that mushy zone, they're going to come in and just run our show because we're on the end of back to backs. Yep. And so how did it, how did how did Vancouver look to you from from like versus what I thought they were, and what did the Leafs look like to you versus what they had kind of been? How did that all play out? Did 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 they just did Vancouver still look that way, but the Leafs just did better? I felt like 
with Vancouver, their high-end skill is evident. They have some game-breaking type players. And, and, and Quinn Hughes is a phenomenal puck-moving defenseman mm-hmm. and, and what he can bring. But I honestly, there's nothing really bad about Vancouver's game. Like Toronto just played to what we expect them to be. Mm-hmm. They were It was a tight game. And they, they took away in the third period. And Toronto didn't let the foot off the gas all game. Right. And they didn't go into a shell after they were down one nothing, and then and then 2-1 with the power play goals. And there was just there was a different feel from this team. And it, for me, this was a step in the right direction. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's a leap or a big step. It's, a, it's one game. And it's one game on a back-to-back where they blew a four-goal or three-goal lead to, to Calgary, came back, won in a shootout, and they came here with a team that was already in Toronto, resting, had a game off, and they came out and they played well and they put goals up on against uh, a potential winner this year mm-hmm. in Demco. And, and for me, it was evident with having 12 capable forwards that – you're able to run the lines better and there's better cohesion where you can put that fourth line out there and then you didn't see the struggles we've seen from camp and and he's a defensive specialist he scored a goal he he played so much better where that is an element that this team needs where before you had this just this anchor on the line where you you couldn't trust him, and you and you end up having Reeves didn't play at all in the third or the the overtime against Calgary, and you're not mixing the lines up, and it just it, it makes it more difficult to run your bench, and there has to be more of a thought process into what's going as opposed to playing, just playing, right? And mm-hmm. and I think it's going to be interesting to see what Keith does here. They have a few days off before they have their games over in Sweden. And uh, and what happens with with Ryan Reeves and with that, and the one thing to point out: so Klingberg didn't play on Friday, and it, it was announced that he is dealing with something injury wise. And if he's been playing through something like playing through an injury, and then I, I'd say we can we may have been unfairly criticizing mm-hmm. to a certain extent. There's still some some fair criticism there based right. off of his caliber of play. Yeah, but. I didn't notice him at all on Saturday. Outside of, I think, I think yeah. one kind of play where you noticed him, mm-hmm. and that, that's a really positive thing to say yeah. about a defenseman. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and the thing is, like, every, like, there's no perfect NHL team. There's no perfect team in the NHL. And everybody yeah. has players that, they, that need protecting, whether it's wingers, defensemen. And as a reference back to what I said about 10 minutes ago, Based on the fact that this, this, this like, there's a razor thin margin on this on this defensive core, there's really no one to protect Klingberg, right? As yep. as a less competent defensive defenseman, so they they got to work that out. And like I, he, I, 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 he went on the third pairing. He went on the third pairing on Saturday night, right? Yep. Yes. And so there was, there was some shelter there for him, right? He didn't get the hard matchups. He didn't have to do anything that that's out of his capabilities, especially maybe since he's a little bit compromised. And that's, yeah. that's that's ultimately the goal of the season is to get all that stuff dialed in for the playoffs. 
Exactly. And I think um, the the eye test matched the stats because he had very good stats when he was on the ice. The 19 minutes that he played, uh, yeah. scoring chances were heavily in the Leafs' favor. Yeah. Uh, so it definitely matched it. And I think it's you're getting McCabe back or McCabe can slide into the, the top four there. He, he played a very good game, big bruising defenseman. Mm-hmm. Um, and you and I have texted a, a bit over the last week or since we've last pod where – Bring on the chaos. Mm. I don't want a fucking easy yeah. 60 games to go I here. I want there to be friction. Yeah. I don't want it to feel comfortable. Yeah, and, 100%. And I, yeah. I don't think they're they're going to have that, bring that mentality where they're going to want to keep it country club-esque style. No. And that's welcome to me because it keeps guys on their toes. It, it's going to get them ready for when it comes to, to game 83 because yeah. it isn't easy when it comes to the playoffs. No. And the one thing I saw from this team is that on Saturday is you don't need a Ryan Reeves type player to show you're tough. Mm-hmm. You just need to, to build that in. And again, two steps in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. True. We are we are far we are far too calm and measured on this episode, Sean. What is happening to us? What is happening to us? This is well, it's what happens. This is what happens when, Well, it happens when they have two wins in a row and they have a great game against the top team in the NHL. Where yeah. like it, ha- it right, happens we- when they do the thing that they we've been asking them to do for five seasons that might be like. When, when you when you point at every single playoff failure and you look at a scapegoat each year, we have a different scapegoat or reason, but the reason has just been culture. It's yeah. it's been a spineless culture of like trying to reinvent the game, and I hope they're over that. I just hope they're over that. I hope they understand that Tampa's first line jumping a guy for something is just okay. It's okay to do that. Yeah, it's all right. Take the instigator. Like like I like Steve Dangle's quick little uh, impromptu LFR after the last game from the uh, from the empty arena, and it was just called investment, and that's just yep. investment. That's all it is. It's it's it's, it's investing your assets and compounding the interest and cashing in one day, right? Exactly. It's only yeah. one game, and you yeah. need to build from it for sure. And. That's the type of game that it does build from it. Even mm-hmm. though it was a five-two win, that was a hard-fought five-two win, mm-hmm. and uh, the crowd was energized. I'm not sure if you saw the, the start of the game, but like it was uh, the Remembrance Day game, mm-hmm. and so they had the ceremony. It was really good. I had the and, PVR. Uh, I skipped over a bunch of stuff. And uh, right before they they brought out the anthem singer, like mm-hmm. when the, the rink was quiet because they had done. Uh, the, kind of like a moment of silence mm-hmm. and just remembering and and as the anthem singers coming out this is like kind of a guy like in our area yells fuck yeah canada and like <laughs> i guess it was her i was heard on the broadcast oh, too no way. and it was it was everyone's like yeah <laughs> it was, so it was wow. uh it was a great atmosphere a great game to watch nice and I, I, build from it. I like it when we have when we have a, a game experience to talk about, and it's not going to be long until I'm going to have a game experience to talk about too, because I'm going to go over and watch the uh, Taylor January Swift 20th concert game. Oh, oh sorry. Oh, oh no, Taylor Swift concert. I will. I will be going to that, um, but not till 2024 December. God, so yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yes, yes, I am a, a little bit of a Swifty, and I'm going to start making bracelets. You want a bracelet? Are you gonna... Can I send you a bracelet? Sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll make one for Kalen too. Very nice. Yeah, but yeah, so um, 
good stuff. Um, you know what? I, you know what I really want to. I want to pivot on a couple of episodes when things get slow here, and I want to bring on a couple of Twitter followers, and I want to debate them on the Will and Nylander situation. <laughs> like, Interesting. I, 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 I honestly wanted to get some of these people who are so emboldened on Twitter to sit there and just say like, like kind of like not living. They're not living in the reality that like. Yeah, we love his flowing blonde hair, and we love the way he's playing. And yes, he has scored goals for us in the playoffs. I get that. But he's never scored a clutch goal in the playoffs. And we are eight months from that guy walking for nothing. And well, he did, he did this, score this a clutch goal. Is, this, this business is about asset management, man. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry if he has to be the sacrificial lamb. That It sucks. Fucking Oilers traded Gretzky, for fuck's yeah. sakes. You know, tough comparison there. No, but but you know what I mean. Like like they, he, that, that broke hearts. I'm what I'm saying is that that broke hearts, man. Like that broke people's hearts in Edmonton when that happened, and yep. they won another cup after that. Yeah, people loved DeRozan. Guess what happened after they traded him? They won. They won a title, right? So like I love like we've been Team Willie for seven years, but man, like the rubber's got to hit the road at some point. And Tree Living had. Tree Living arguably had like, like he kind of like he kind of got fucked over, and he he did he made the best with what he had to to work with when when Goudreau walked, and then Kachuk said check please, and he thought he got a good play hundred he got a hundred and fifteen point player, and then he got yep. he got he got a an unrestricted free agent Nazem Kadri who could have wrote could have went anywhere in the world to play in North America he went to Calgary Alberta. Yeah. So I, I I think Tree Living did well, but he was absolutely um, dealing from a position of weakness, which he is right now with Nylander too. Yep. And then people that say, well, just pay him. Look at his. Look at. Look at. Look at. Okay, pay him what? Ten point five. And then what? We have fifty three million dollars tied up in four players next year, and, and JT is arguably might be worse next year. Like, then that you might as well just have a rebuild year. Like it's really it's complicated, man. It's it's not as easy as we love this guy that rides on the subway. Lock him up for life. Like give him, give him eight years at ten point five. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. This yeah, you're 19, not. This isn't nineteen ninety nine. No, 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 no salary cap. New York Rangers hundred million dollar payroll. You know, like you don't sign a guy after just going on a fifteen game here. We've no. seen this before from him. We've talked about it. Mm-hmm. I, I do. I do. I will argue though. He did score a clutch goal. He did score score the game tying goal, the Senate overtime in yes. Game Five yes. uh, in the final five minutes against mm-hmm. Florida. So mm-hmm. he 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 is the one of the big four to step up in the playoffs. We've seen it, but yeah, I know. I know what you're getting at there, yeah. and it's it's an interesting debate. Yeah, and it's it's one where it's it. We we're saying tree living here, but this is really a Shanahan it is. decision. Oh here yeah, this is upper because you're bringing in a new GM. He came in like what was it like end of May when they hired him ish, mm-hmm. and he only had 30 days before no movement clauses kicked in for for Matthews and, and Marner. Obviously, he's not trading Matthews, mm-hmm. yeah. and he and obviously he had marching orders because he was hired and his his thinking had to align with Shanahan. Yeah. And so it's this this isn't a tree living thing. He's four months on t- in, into yes. a job. Yeah. So I think it's unfair to paint him into that corner. Mm-hmm. It's a Shanahan decision. It's gonna ride on what Shanahan is going to um not say now, but where they are at when mm-hmm. he was hired, because 
yeah. Willie's the same player that he was right now that he was we saw last year mm-hmm. with with he's just he's on the heater he's playing yeah. well he's he played well last year what 90 points last year yeah um there will be a dip it had it, like it's just it's, yeah. it's gonna happen he's not gonna score no. 82 straight games no. so it, it's it's one that's gonna be fascinating to watch it play out yeah and, and, I mean, and if in my like honestly like if if we if like one person absolutely had to go. And I mean, I mean, I, I, I even like, well, I, I think I'm contradicting myself here, Sean, correct me if I'm, if I'm not, but I, the, the, three weeks ago, I think I said, Willie has to go because of Marner's defensive ability and playmake and, and penalty killing. And now yeah. I'm, I'm kind of almost pivoting on that a little bit. He's kind of, he's kind of pissing me off right now. I think, I think, you know what, it's not about which guy leaves. It's about what you get back and what holes you fill and what depth and balance you can create off of losing one of those guys. Yeah, you're you're not trading William Nylander for a first round draft pick. No, you are you are you are getting you are getting like, like assets for now. Exactly, you're making your team better, but which is harder as the closer you get to his contract running out, right? Because he like, correct it's, it, unless it's a trade and sign, like you're not going to get what you what he's what his true value is. And I, I do have a correction to make. Mm-hmm. It wasn't fuck yeah, Canada. It was fuck yeah, then the first name of the singer. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice, nice. And, and and one more thing about Willie is that like, so like if, if let's let's say his price is 10.5. Well, that's that's the best, that's the highest paid player on probably 25 teams in the league. Okay. Would you rather have that or Huberdeau? Well, uh, probably you know what, honestly, Sean, your results are going to be equal. Your team, if if William Nylander is your is your best player at ten point five million, you're not a contending team. He's not a franchise player. He's a complementary player. Yeah, and the he's only not thing Austin that has put him at ten point five is internal comparables. That's it, because there are external comparables that put him at eight or eight point five or nine. Right? Yeah, I would have so, said that. In, I would have said that in the summer, but you, you can't overlook results over the first month here. Where, like you say, oh, you should the Timo Meyer contract that mm-hmm. that that line like he's it's he's not at that level, and it's all about what have you done for me now. Mm-hmm. And so, w- w- so w- what would your thought be if you say, all right, we have one year, the cap goes up, we just make it work, and then we know we're going to get Tavares at less than five on some sort of short term extension and oh, make I, it work I, for one year. You're you're just no. I, I'm a, I'm a no. I'm, I'm I'm a no one even circling back on JT after his contract expires at all. Like, I want that I want that eleven million dollars cap space. And I want that on the back end. Yeah, right? but I'm we're saying gonna you, we're you, gonna have Fraser Minton and Nick Robertson at a better as better players than they are today once JT's contract expires. Yeah, I, I still say like he's he is he's very good. Like you you go watch him play. He's, one of the best face-off guys in the league, but yeah, I, I know what you mean. If 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 John if JT would truly love the Toronto Maple Leafs, he'd waive his no trade today. But he doesn't <laughs> love the Toronto Maple Leafs enough to do that. Same as Matt Sundin. Fair. You, you know, it's, okay. You know, you know what I, you know, you know my kind of like we have little jokes about JT that that Reg and I have sort of like. Do do you do you watch JT sometimes and think like, what are you thinking? Like and I and I, I I've said this before, but I'm seeing more and more examples of this as like he does things that are so low percentage because he still thinks he's that twelve year old kid with a beard, 
and like he'll just take a wrist shot from 40 feet out or he'll or he'll just allow one cycle and then take the take the puck to the middle because he thinks that that like he, he and he's and sometimes his feet just don't move for him and he looks like he's he's very stiff and like Ridge and I just like we almost are you know, created a drinking game over like like when when Tavares's 12-year-old brain kicks in you can just see when he does stuff like that it's just he, he just has this weird side of him but I, he, I saw but he, it, but he is good on faceoffs an interesting the the athletic had an interesting article where is is JT going to be a hall of famer that's he's I, I about the to get today. Yeah. He, he's about to get 1000 points around the corner mm-hmm. he probably plays for 3 to 5 more years um he'll probably get into the 1200 point total points um then they also said it, it's like a fringe where like he likely gets in cuz he was he's been a an elite guy. He was exceptional status, first overall. Mm-hmm. He's put up points his entire career. But then the caveat was, uh, they're like, if he wins a cup with Toronto, automatic in. <laughs> oh, I, I think I think that is the I think that's the in or the out. Like I think he can do whatever he wants for the rest of his career. No cup, no hall. Because you- because he actually is an epic playoff failure, not just a no cup guy. He is an epic playoff failure player not attached yep. to any result whatsoever no but he wins one He's that's good. what i mean but but he wins it and yes he doesn't and it's it's not even it's it's a no for me like i mean it's the hall of fame like that's not like that's not fame like i i i, I know that i i i give the nod to joe pavelski he, he... Ran, random question here then just to, to stay with the leafs mm-hmm. but yeah I, joe pavelski is an interesting one mm-hmm. if the if the leafs Let's put our tinfoil hat on. Mm-hmm. They win the cup this year. Does this team have five future Hall of Famers in Matthews, Marner, Nylander, JT, and Giordano? <laughs> wow, like that. You're that's like that's like 1978 Montreal Canadiens level Hall of Fame. No, but Gio's won a Norris Trophy. He's been a top defenseman defenseman for 15 years. He yeah. wins a cup. Yeah, you can make the argument I, there. I, I think, yeah, longevity-wise, Geo, heck yeah. Like, there's worse players in the Hall of Fame, but I'm not convinced. Like, I wouldn't say I, I could. It's too early to say anything about Marner or um, or Nylander. Nylander? Yeah. Matt, yeah. Matthews shoe in on Matthews will be a shoe in eventually. Yeah, but, he's one hard. I, 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 I know cut Matthews. Like, if Matthews retired tomorrow, I, I would I would vote him in before JT. If they both oh, retired yeah. tomorrow. Because he's got the Hart Trophy, multiple Rocket Richards on his way to winning another one if he stays healthy yeah, this year. Rookie in of the contention. year. Rookie yeah. of the year. He, he's, he's a likely first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. Well, good good debate. And we might be able to have some like less on-ice related debates in the next week because there's only two games between now and um, the November 24th. We should look at doing a uh, Sunday morning pod that at least play at 8 o'clock Eastern on yep. Sunday morning. Yep. Maybe earlier for you, we could do a coffee pod. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We will do one. We'll do like a, you know what, here's the thing. We'll do it. This game is, so it's 5 a.m. my time. You're just up on that time. I, I'll be up for it. I'm, I'm watching that game live. Oh, hell yeah. Um, sure. we'll, do a, we'll do a post-game Minnesota Wild pod, wrap up the Sweden trip. And then I'm off to tennis for nine. It'll be perfect. Sounds good. All right. So, um, last question: Are you like 
do you have any trepidation about this Sweden trip? Like, like just I, I, I kind of hate that the fact that they're maybe getting onto something and now they're going overseas, time zone change, come back, might be in a bit of a funk when they come back. Kind of, I don't know. They got a lot of recovery time. They, they play Sunday and then not until Friday. But um, then it's back to back. But I, I'm not in love with the whole European vacation. Uh, no, I get it. But we do have quite a few European players uh, on this team. And that this is this is a big deal to them. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm kind of like sneaky worried that there's going to be like a Nylander extension announced while he's over there. That they've mm-hmm. had it in their back pocket. So, like, or, I'm interested to see how this plays out. Or, and hear me out, traded after the Sweden trip. They're just hanging on. They got a deal in the chamber, but they're saying, let's go to Sweden first. And then Bettman, Bettman basically insisted on that. He will not approve the trade. The fax machine <laughs> is closed until they get their promo money off the Nylander the appearance in, uh, in, uh, in, um, in Sweden. Yeah, no, maybe. But I think overall, I think it's, this is good for the team. Like, this is good for the players. We saw it last year when Salming came over mm-hmm. for that game. We had an all-Swedes uh, lineup. Like, yeah. this this means something to those guys. And it's it's similar to an outdoor game. But this this is it's an indoor game. They're going over there. Uh, and it's big of, of how we treat our European players of, of what it's like to play in a global city like Toronto. Mm-hmm. And you know what? The schedule is what it is. You, you roll with the punches and yeah. if they don't go in there and play hard against Ottawa and Minnesota, not, not giving no free pass that no. this is game 16, 17. Yeah fucking build off at your professional hockey player regardless totally. of where you play um four points coming back with four points in the bag uh i feel like ottawa will beat us so probably two okay i'm looking <laughs> forward to seeing a lot of um matt sundin content same <laughs> on that note go leaves go, go. Let's go.